We've been watching a little bit of Alberta political history unfold tonight in Calgary at the BMO Centre. Daniel Smith is the new leader of the United Conservative Party and the next 19th Premier of Alberta. She succeeds Jason Kenney, who resigned back in May. She delivered a uh, fiery, in many ways, at least an impassioned victory speech. Let's listen to a little bit of it. No longer will Alberta ask permission from Ottawa to be prosperous and free. voices silenced and censored. We will not be told what we must put in our bodies in order to work or to travel. We will not have our resources landlocked or our energy phased out of existence by virtue signaling prime ministers. We'll chart our own destiny on our own terms, and we will work with our fellow Canadians to build the most free and prosperous country on earth. Danielle Smith there, part of her acceptance speech, her victory speech tonight in Calgary at the BMO Centre as she uh, won the UCP leadership race in the sixth round. It went all the way, it went the distance, so to speak, uh, finishing off with 53.77%. Travis Taves, the former, former financial minister, finance minister rather, in Jason Kenney's government finished second with 46.23, so relatively close. Uh, Dwayne Bratt is a political science professor at Mount Royal University and he joins us now. Thanks for your time tonight. I know it's been a busy evening for you. Yeah, it's been a long night, uh, but uh, we now have uh, a result, and on Tuesday we will have a new premier of this province. Yeah, I noticed you got a birthday cake as well, so I imagine there's a happy yes, birthday. Yes, that was awful nice well. by the global people. Uh, it is my birthday, and they uh, the station manager showed up with cake. Oh, that's great. So you'll you'll remember this night. I'm sure Danielle Smith will as well. Any surprises tonight? I mean, I think we uh, it was oh. a long time coming in terms of those rounds, but uh, the result was kind of what people had predicted. Yeah, I think the the surprise was just how close it it was. Um, uh, I I think all indications going in is that Smith was likely to win. uh, But the fact that it took the final ballot and it was as narrow as it was uh, just shows that there's some real divisions within this party. Um, You didn't hear that in the acceptance speech, of course. Um, But It'll be it'll be a whirlwind because in her speech, uh, she emphasized the things that really galvanized her supporters uh, going on about anti-COVID restrictions and not just federally, but provincially as well, um, as well as her Sovereignty Act. Um, And you could see that when she talks uh, about Ottawa in very hostile terms. Later on, she kept referring to the. Trudeau Notley Singh Alliance. Uh, Notley, mm. of course, is the NDP opposition leader um, in Alberta, and, and Jagmeet Singh and, and Justin Trudeau. So uh, we'll have to see. She wants to do some really radical stuff, and uh, with a very narrow victory, um, how much support is she going to have within her party to pursue a sovereignty act which would nullify uh, federal laws? Uh, federal regulations, federal legislation, federal court rulings based on a vote of the uh, Assembly here. Uh, We'll have to see. She still has to enter that, but she says that's her day one priority. And Taves and Brian Jean and some of the other leadership candidates called it uh, unconstitutional, said it would uh, create a constitutional crisis. But there was no pivoting from Smith tonight. 
it sounds like she, in fact, will enact that when the legislature returns, either in late October or early November. Yeah, let's hear what Jason Kenney had to say about said Sovereignty Act not that long ago. The so-called Sovereignty Act uh, would effectively take us to the brink of separation from the Canadian Federation, would shred the rule of law, and would do devastating damage to jobs, the economy, and the prospect of pipelines. Well, he doesn't mince his words either. I mean, I know this isn't Danielle Smith's idea. It's something that she's championed. But it seems like a very radical thing, especially without a mandate from the population and a a relatively thin mandate from your party to sort of go down that road so quickly. I I concur with that. And, you know, um, Jason Kenney isn't the only one to criticize that. I I accept everything he said in that. Um, Once you say that you're not going to accept, you know, a federal court ruling... That's an attack on the rule of law. Um, and, and would that mean that you wouldn't accept, you know, um, provincial court rulings? When she says that, uh, that it's up to the provincial government to determine if there's been constitutional jurisdictional overreach by the federal government, that's now how the Constitution works. We have courts that solve disputes between orders of government, between feds and provinces, not individuals. If that was the case, the BC government wouldn't need to fight a case to stop Trans Mountain. They would just say, we won't let Trans Mountain in. Uh, Is Danielle Smith aware of that? Which is why Kenny said, you know, no more pipelines. Danielle Smith is the new leader of the United Conservative Party in Alberta. She'll be the next premier of Alberta. Uh, Come Tuesday, she'll be sworn in. It is a political comeback, of course, for the 51-year-old from Calgary. She was the leader of the Wild Rose Party, nearly won the election back in 2012, lost Allison Redmond, then um, made some decisions, left the Wild Rose Party to cross over to the PCs, didn't win nomination in the riding she was uh, trying to win. And uh, it's been a long road back through broadcasting and so forth. And here she is tonight, uh, victorious. And uh, here's some of what she had to say. So there, there are a lot of ideas that she's put forth during this campaign of hers over the last four and a half months that will probably be paused for thought in the rest of the country. I can hear the keyboards clacking in Toronto tonight, late, late, late. Uh, let's hear what she had to say to other Canadians, to the rest of Canada in her victory speech tonight. Every Canadian to partner with us partner with Alberta. Let's work together to build the strong, prosperous and unified Canada that we know that we can be. A Canada where provinces work together and empower one another to reach our unique individual goals and aspirations. Dwayne Bratt is with us, political science professor at Mount Royal University. Birthday boy today as well, as we've been saying earlier. I hope you enjoyed the break and had some more cake. Um, it, it was an interesting speech to listen to. Like, I grew up in Quebec, so I'm I'm very familiar with all the talk of sort of partnership and freedom and sovereignty and so on. And a lot of it struck me as the kind of language I used to hear there, which sort of danced this line between being part of a confederation when it suited you and not being part of a confederation when it didn't. And we all know that hasn't really worked out that well uh, in the past for Quebec. So what did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, there's always been a root of Alberta alienation, as there is in in B.C. against the federal government. Uh, Alberta much stronger, and there's been proposals after proposals, but largely it's about reforming confederation whether it's things like the the Tripoli Senate, for example. Um, This is much different. The fact that they're using the word sovereignty is is right out of the Quebec playbook. And the fact that 
Uh, Smith has emphasized over and over again, they just want the same powers as Quebec does. So we want a provincial police force. Why? Quebec does. Uh, we want to collect our own taxes while Quebec does. Uh, Quebec gets to pick and choose what they support and what they don't. That's actually not true. They do use the notwithstanding clause, but that's not what Smith is, is talking about. So she is banking on a bit of a Quebec envy and also Quebec outrage. It, it goes back and forth here. Um, so she is building off of Jason Kenney. Jason Kenney wanted to fight back. You know, he was going to create a war room and he was going to sue the federal government and he was going to turn off the taps to um, oil to, to B.C. Those were all, though, roughly within legitimate political discourse, using the courts, you know, using the tools of government. And Smith has argued he didn't fight hard enough. He didn't go far enough. So she's going to take it one step further with the Sovereignty Act. And one of the architects of this is a, is a fellow political scientist at the University of Calgary by the name of Barry Cooper. And Barry wrote an op-ed saying, yes, it will cause a constitutional crisis. That's the point, um, as this will give Alberta somehow special status uh, within Confederation. So we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, it was popular amongst her supporters, but it wasn't particularly popular amongst even UCP members. It got you know, a bare majority, and it is opposed by much of the rest of the province. So I will be very curious to see if she goes ahead and implements this, how it plays, not in Ottawa, but how it plays here in Alberta. Yeah, because I think of anything, if we look at the example of what's happened in the UK during Liz Truss's first four weeks of, uh, of her prime ministership in the UK, uh, going down uncharted into uncharted territory without a decent mandate, as she did, um, can be very tricky for a new leader, and it can backfire on you very quickly. Yes, it can. And, you know, when you talked about the political comeback of Daniel Smith, that is true. Uh, you know, uh, historians are going to have to start to search to find someone who has come back from the dead like Danielle Smith has. She was on the verge of becoming premier of this province as Wild Rose leader back in 2012 and and lost it with a couple stumbles in the last week of the campaign around climate change and one of her candidates' uh, statements about gays dying in a, a lake of fire that she refused to condemn. And then you did mention the floor crossing. I mean, her career was done. She was uh, publicly humiliated, but then she went back to radio and she was very good on radio and very charming and went on basically a seven-year apology tour, um, largely through rural Alberta. And that's the people who put her back as premier. It's, it's, it's quite the, the comeback story, but it does show that sometimes her political judgment isn't what it is, uh, is what it should be. And uh, does she take this as uh, a mandate to implement some really controversial items where she barely has a majority within her own party. Well, let's start with some of the interprovincial relationships, of course, because we know that Rachel Notley and John Horgan, who is uh, premier here for a while longer, uh, there'll be a leadership race here too, so there'll be a new premier. Much like in Alberta, there'll be a new leader of the NDP and a new premier um, coming up fairly soon. What do you what do you suspect will happen with some of the other premiers that that just by force of geography, um, Daniel Smith will have to try to get along with at least until May. Well, she'll get along quite well with Scott Moe in Saskatchewan. Indeed, indeed. Uh, but even you know even Rachel Notley uh, had her differences with John Horgan. 
because Indeed, at yeah. the end of the day, it doesn't matter what party they're with. It, they're representing the best interests of their province. And so, you know, when, when Notley was promoting, you know, Trans Mountain Pipelines and, and other aspects against Horgan, and Horgan was, was taking other actions, it's because they were acting as premiers, not as party leaders. So uh, Smith will do well with, with Mo because a lot of Alberta, Saskatchewan interests align. I don't think things are going to go well in Saskatchewan. It'll be very curious what her relationship is with Doug Ford because Ford and Kenny were quite close. And in fact, when that relationship started, you know, Kenny was the alpha dog in that relationship. Um, and now uh, Kenny is gone and Doug Ford got reelected with a majority government. So um, how does Smith handle um, um, Doug Ford or Francois Legault? I've talked a Francois lot about Legault. Legault already. Uh, yeah. Legault just won a, a huge provincial election. So you'll note that in that speech, she was making outreach to provinces, but not an outreach to the federal government. It's almost like she wants to build a coalition of provincial premiers against the federal government. It certainly won't be the first time, and, uh, oh, no. and this government, <laughs> this federal government, feels does feel vulnerable. But one of the things, and again, this goes back to my experience growing up in Quebec, is you can create Ottawa as your straw man. You can; it's easy. You can Ottawa's oh, yeah. to blame for everything that's wrong here. But the moment that 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 you you sort of look at it a little more closely, it's not true. That's the problem. There are many no, problems and, that Alberta faces. That, that yeah. during, we saw it during COVID when uh, the federal government provided you know huge sums of money into into Alberta, um, you know, and, and provided funding for things like orphan gas wells and and, and the like. Um, so, but yeah, it's you you usually win by fighting Ottawa. What hurt Jim Prentice in 2015 is he couldn't do that because Stephen Harper was there. Um, Rachel Notley couldn't do that in 2019 because Justin Trudeau was there. But Smith versus Trudeau, she's just going to um, uh, bandwagon with with Pierre Polyev's uh, critiques. Yeah, yes. No, I, I, we, we heard a lot of familiar language, even in her speech tonight. Well, you know, language about, about prosperity, prosperity and freedom. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No coincidence, I would imagine. <laughs> No, no, but she is. I mean, uh, you didn't play the clips of her basically threatening Alberta Health Services, um, and as well, she gave an interview promising to fire you know senior civil servants that she felt were too sympathetic to the NDP. Bear in mind, the NDP lost office in 2019, but she is blaming Kenny for not getting rid of them. So, going after the public sector the way she has, uh, the way she's promising, uh, could be real turmoil. Um, you know, senior bureaucrats, nobody likes those people, uh, but they do a lot of important work. And so, you know, you can, it's easy to say we support, you know, grassroots, uh, frontline doctors and nurses, but you do have to manage a $16 billion healthcare system. Um, yes. And you disrupt that, that's tough to deliver any healthcare. However, my friends, Albertans will no longer tolerate infighting and disunity. They rightly expect their provincial conservative party to be competent, cooperative, and unified against the constant threat posed to our economy by the NDP Liberal Coalition in Ottawa. Unity is not a talking point. It is an action. It is something you practice rather than preach. Now is not the time for settling old scores or rivalries. It's not the time to punish our fellow conservatives for past mistakes. 
This is why, as Premier and leader of this party, I am wiping the slate clean. The membership has spoken. They have given us direction on how they want us to stand up to Ottawa and protect our freedoms, and we will follow our members' direction on this without delay. Danielle Smith there, her victory speech this evening. It was a impassioned, to say the very least, a victory speech. Uh, she is the new leader of the United Conservative Party. She will become the new premier of Alberta on Tuesday, replacing Jason Kenney. Dwayne Bratt is with us, wrapping up our coverage of what has been an exciting evening. It really is a piece of Alberta political history that's unfolded on the show tonight. We started before the first ballot had been read, and we lasted all the way through six rounds till a, a victor was announced. Um, what do you see as the big challenges now for Danielle Smith in the short term. She doesn't have a seat. Um, there's an election coming up in the spring, and she has a lot of uh, promises that she's made on the campaign trail that may or may not be easy uh, to make happen in the short term, especially with um, with a party that is not united, no matter what the name well, says. Yeah, she has promised uh, to run at a by-election. Um, there is an open seat right now in Calgary, but she will not run there. Uh, she probably wouldn't win there, even though it, it was previously won by the UCP. Instead, she's going to run in a seat in, in rural southern Alberta. Um, but I think her biggest challenge right off the bat is cabinet selection. Typically, when a new premier, new leader comes in, there is a brief cabinet shuffle. Um, sometimes bigger than that, though, and I think this will be one of the bigger ones. Her strongest supporters came from the back benches. Um, Todd Lowen, for example, um, mm -hmm. who I think his, his supporters may have pushed her over the top in a very close race. Um, how does he, where does he fit into this? Uh, likewise, um, while she says wipe the slate clean, there was a lot of criticism of her sovereignty act by the other candidates. Mm -hmm. There was in fact an unprecedented press conference with four of them. Travis Tay is on stage with Brian Jean, Lila here, Reja and Sani, who railed against the Sovereignty Act, said it would lead to capital flight in the, in the province. Um, so when she says, I won, the voters want me to stand up to Ottawa and uh, we're going to wipe the slate clean, is Travis Tay going to wipe the slate clean? Is Rajan Sani going to wipe the slate clean? Uh, or are they going to say, no, the Sovereignty Act is still wrong? So that's the other challenge that she's got. Um, because if the people who said that they wouldn't vote for the Sovereignty Act actually adhere to that, uh, and uh, it might not even pass, even with a majority government. Yeah, you would have a controversial at this. You'd have a crisis in the first month of her leadership, again, much like Liz Truss in, in the UK, right? It, it is dangerous territory to try to pass uh, quite radical things in your first few weeks, especially if you don't have a mandate. You have, only have a mandate from the party, not from the people. But if she doesn't, uh, she has riled up so much anger uh, within her base of support. Um, would they forgive her? Would they feel betrayed? Uh, again, one of the uh, criticisms that her and her supporters have made about Kenny is that he riled up anger, but he couldn't deliver. So he had a referendum on equalization, you know, a year ago, but didn't pursue it after that. And so for Smith not to pursue the Sovereignty Act or to introduce a piece of legislation that was so innocuous, um, 
you know, the, the, she's got the danger of alienating the people that voted for it. And that's the problem when you win with 53%. If you bring in something as controversial as a Sovereignty Act, um, you're going to make half of the people happy, but the other half unhappy within your own party, by the way. And Jason Kenney doesn't look like he's uh, he's fading quickly into the background. He says he's going to stick around. Um, uh, is he well, going to be we'll at the Order I side? mean, he has yeah. been a very activist premier. He announced that he was retire, uh, resigning in May, but he has remained as premier. He gave a press conference this morning. He uh, did. Yesterday, <laughs> um, he appointed a whole new board of governors for Athabasca University. He has spent the $13 billion government surplus already before a new leader was chosen. So um, he has been, <laughs> he has not been in caretaker mode. So the question is, once he has replaced his premier, does he stick around in, uh, as, as a backbench member, especially when he has been so outspoken against Daniel Smith? And not just in the clip that you played, but in uh, sort of legacy interviews this past couple of days. It's going to be, you know, much like I said I grew up in Quebec, politics there was always fascinating. I can only imagine it's going to be a very fascinating next six months as we head into this next provincial election. Dwayne well, Brown, thank you. There's already been so much turmoil here. I mean, this is Smith is the eighth premier in 16 years. Eighth premier in 16 years. That's a lot. <laughs> That is a lot. Well, it keeps you on your toes. And again, uh, happy birthday. Thanks for sticking around with us this evening and providing your insight. It's much appreciated. And I look forward to catching up again because I imagine we'll, be ha- we'll have lots to talk about in the months to come. Absolutely. Talk to you later.